The War Report Podcast Network. What's up and what's happening, everybody? It's Blake and Dustin, and we are here for another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. Dustin, uh, we're here to talk about some key contributors that we think are going to be big-time guys for the Auburn Tigers this year, doing some over-unders. Uh, but first, man, how has your weekend been? How are you doing? I got a four-day weekend, dude. I don't have to go back to work till Wednesday. Thank you for the way the 4th of July fell this year. Uh, been a big help to me. So just been hanging out, relaxing, man. Uh, kind of boring. Not a whole lot of sports going on right now, but mm-hmm. cooking out, having some drinks, man, putting some smoke in the air, having a good time, man, celebrating my freedom. Love that, Dustin. Today I went and played some golf. Uh, it was hot as hell outside. Uh, I actually made it to the 16th hole and packed up, and we left. Hey. We were like, we, we were like, dude, we can't take this. Th- this heat is just too much. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it's it's been a fun weekend for me. Uh, unfortunately, I have to work a half a day tomorrow, so uh, you know it it is what it is. Got to got to pay the bills, brother. But. Uh, Dustin, if you want to, man, we can kick this thing off and we can get into these over-unders. And we got some, like I said, some key contributors that we think are going to have some breakout years. And and uh, we've thrown some numbers together that we think that these guys could smash. So, uh, Dustin, we'll kick it off, brother. Who do yeah, you got first? Number one, man, over-under, five touchdowns for Cam Brown. Hugh Freeze, we know the production that Hugh Freeze brings out of his wide receivers. So the big question is, who's going to be wide receiver number one this year? Me and you kind of talked about it before the episode. We're like, who do we do this for? Shane Hooks? Do we do it for shorter? Who's going to be the guy? And we just kind of both said, it's got to be Camp Brown because last year going into the season, he, we heard about how much of a camp he had, and then we see it. Nine receptions, 123 yards, only two touchdowns. Me and you both kind of think that's more of just a scheme, and this year he should be ready to pop. So, Blake, start with you, man, over or under here? I'm going to go under. And the reason I'm going under, Dustin, is because I think this football team is going to have to spread the love. All right, you got Shorter out there. We know he's big body. I mean, what, 11 touchdowns at North Texas last year? Yeah, 10 or 11. It was double digits. Yeah, so double-digit touchdowns there. You got Shane Hooks. Uh, You're going to have Javarius Johnson. Uh, You got dudes, man. Jay Fair, I know people love him. Uh, So you're going to have to spread the love. And I'm just going to go under. I think Cam Brown's going to have a big year, but I just think having to spread things out, uh, there's a bunch of guys that you can throw the football to this year. Uh, but I do like the frame. I do like the big body. I do like him uh, with with shorter and having both of those guys being able to go up and get 50-50 balls, right? That's been the problem for Auburn uh, in years past. Uh, I guess you could say Seth was the last guy that could really go up and get it. Uh, but that's why I'm going to go under here, Dustin. I hear you. It was funny because when we were putting this together, um, you had originally had the number at a lot higher, and I sent you the yes. list of Auburn receivers since 2000. It's just not that good, dude. It's not that good. No. Darvin had, what, 10 in 09, I believe, and then he had uh, nine in 2010. And yeah. then Seth, a couple years back, had eight. And those are the three best. Even Darius Slayton was the most underused wide receiver probably mm-hmm. in my lifetime. I think he only had six back in 2017. So um, just a lot of – just not a lot of production at that wide receiver position. But I'm going to go five on the dot, man. I okay. do think you made a point where, you know, it's it's going to have to be spread around. I think that um, – I think that receiving yardage, receiving touchdowns and receptions are just going to kind of be spread. Because to be honest with you, Blake, 
I think Cam's like a 1.5, you know. I don't think he's quite a go-to guy. And yeah. That's not a knock on him. I think he's the best that we got. I just don't know if that guy is on the roster yet. I think that's why Hughes so hard after a Perry Thompson and a Cam Coleman. He's got to get that guy. But I think that I think that Cam definitely, definitely will get five just in the red zone. Just in the yeah. red zone alone. I think that Hughes play calling in the red zone. Like you said, man, big body, and I'm uh, hoping that he stays healthy, has an, um, a good fall camp. I expect him to. I think he's going to go for. I think he's going to get five on the dot, and I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him north of 550 yards. I think he falls somewhere oh, around 550 to 600. I just I think it's going to be a well spread out. Everybody's going to have him between three 600 yards type kind of thing. I agree with you 100%. Uh, but hey, how about you brought up Perry Thompson? Getting off topic just a second. Uh, has announced that he is in for Big Cat Weekend. How how big is that? I it's mean, big man, KJ Bolden, KJ yeah. Bolden, and he's committing. I believe like he announced he's going to commit a week later, or maybe it's like ten days, but it's shortly after Big Cat's going to be one of his last his last events, man. So that's going to shape up to be a big big weekend, and we're working on getting a guy in here to talk about all that. Next one, dude, just talked about the uh, how effective Hugh Freeze is. He's known for his guys at wide receiver. He's also known. Or tied in. Ellen Ingram still balling. Yes. Over under Rivaldo Fairweather, 450 yards, five touchdowns. Blake, last year at FIU, he had 27 receptions, 426 yards, and three touchdowns. One of the most sought after tight ends in the transfer portal. One of our first pickups, I believe our first pickup, but definitely one of the first. Um, he really wanted this guy. What you see here from Rivaldo? I think he's going to eat. I think he's going to be one of the best players on this offense. I think he goes north of 450 yards. I think he goes mm. north of five touchdowns. And I think this is going to be an absolute monster over the middle of the field, Dustin. <laughs> he is going to create mismatches. He can go up and get it. Nice hands, big body, physical, across the middle, man. That's what we need. Uh, we know for years we went out with without establishing the tight end with Gus and it, it was just miserable at times the the middle of the field being wide open and and Auburn does not take advantage of it right but I think this is the cat right here Rivaldo Fairweather that can get it done Dustin the part that drives me so crazy about the Gus thing dude is that with Philip Lutzenkirk and when he was OC it was beautiful it worked mm -hmm. And then with C.J. Uzuma at the start of his, yep. the start of his head coaching career at Auburn, especially in 2013, big catches, man. He was, C.J. was still underused, but big catches down the red zone. Gus yep. used tight ends at the start of his career, and just like kind of everything with Gus, he quit doing it yeah. as it went. You know what I mean? Like he just quit. Yep. He, it was so funny to listen to Gus say, people were like, hey, why aren't you going up tempo anymore? And they figured it out. No, they haven't, dude. When you do it. It works. Yep. Remember that that A and M game a couple of years ago, wherever uh, <laughs> we were down, and he finally decided to go up tempo, and we came back. Like, gosh, you yep. got to do what you got to do, man. Um, I think speaking of Rivaldo, bro, I'm going to go with you. I think he gets both. I think five touchdowns on the dot is a good number, just like I said with Cam. I think he'll be somewhere in there, maybe four, but I'm definitely feeling the north of 450. Definitely feeling that. I think he's somewhere in the five to six hundred range. I think he has an all SEC, maybe not first team, but an all SEC type season. That's hiding because it's just who knows where to put him, man. This is a mm -hmm. big boy, dude. This is a big boy yes. that can go up and get it. But he's not just a passing threat, right? That's the thing I like about it. And scheme wise, 
Is he the best blocker? I don't know. Hopefully, uh, I will do a, a film drop on him soon, and we can learn a lot more. But, man, just I talk about it all the time in recruiting. Talk about it with some of these portal guys one of our last episodes. Who's going after you? And everybody wanted Rivaldo. Everybody did. And uh, we went and got him. So, I'm expecting a big, big year from this kid. Dustin, how deep is that tight end room this year? I think it's slept on. I think it's yeah. really slept on, you know. I, I do too. I, I think it's a talented room. Uh, and and I just think Rivaldo Fairweather is going to be a difference maker. I really do. I, I I look at him and I know Ike did a did a film breakdown and everything and, and he is that dude, man. He is uh, he, he's gonna make plays over the middle. Yeah, I believe in him. This is one right here though. That oh, and I want to. Uh, we did we put this one up on Twitter. We didn't get all of them up on Twitter, yeah. but everybody agrees with us, Blake, because 76% of the people that voted on Twitter said over, only 24% say under. Everybody's kind of looking at Ellen Ingram and saying, Okay, Hugh, we know what you're capable of. Let's see it. Now, this is the one right here, man. Peyton Thorne expected to be the starting quarterback over or under 2,800 yards. I'll go first on this one. Last year, he had 2,679 yards, 19 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, 62.5 completion percentage. I'm going to go under, but I'm going to go slightly under. I think he finishes somewhere around 2,690 is you know 2,700. I think he's somewhere in there, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna and I'm gonna go because one and, and our boy Mike G has talked about this a lot. Man, the majority of the starting quarterbacks in the SEC missed a game, and Peyton's not the most mobile guy. He's not a statue back there, but I just wouldn't be surprised if he missed a game or two, and obviously that's going to affect his overall statistics. I think that when he gets into the red zone, and we'll talk about this here in just a second, I still believe you got to get nine the ball. Whether it's five, whether it whether it's five snaps a game, whether it's ten snaps a game, that it'll still add up over the course of twelve games. Those will be snaps that he didn't get. So, and let's be real: if Peyton Thorne was to come in and throw for twenty-seven hundred yards, depending on what that completion rate and turnover uh, percentage look like, dude. That'd be one of the better passing seasons in all of our history. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go slightly under because I think we're gonna obviously with Jarquez, we're gonna run the ball. I think Robbie's gonna get at least a handful of snaps. He's gonna have packages. I just, I think we're gonna be a really good rushing team this year. I think that running the ball and establishing the run will be key. Will be number one going into most games. That'll kind of be the way that it's set up for us to win. Me and you have concerns about stopping the run. So I think there will be some ball control that Hugh Freeze is going to have to do as well. So I just don't see this being, like I just said, I think I think that Cam Brown is our best wide receiver, and I don't think he's quite a one. I think you're going to have to get some production from the tight end. I just don't see an offense where you're going to have crazy passing numbers. I definitely think it'll be more efficient than the 50 completion, 50% completion percentage we had last year from Robbie. Definitely be more efficient, but I just don't see 28 yet. Hugh's going to have a 3,000-yard passer at Auburn. I do believe that, but I don't think it's going to be 28 quite yet. What say you? I'm right there with you, Dustin. I'm going to go slightly under, and I'm right there at 26, 2,700 yards. Uh, I mean, he might even he might even get right there at 2,800. I mean, he might hit it on the head, you know, uh, but I, I'm – I agree with everything you said. I think like once you get inside the red zone, 
Uh, I think Robbie will get some snaps. I think you're going to go to Jarquez and and that bull, and you're going to ride him. And you even got Batie back there. Uh, mm. Damari Austin, you're you're uh, you're really loaded in the running back room. And I think this offensive line, like we talked about the other night, is going to be much improved. And you're going to be able to establish the run, and you're going to be able to pick up a yard or two uh, when it's fourth and two in a crucial moment <laughs> at Penn State. You know, we're not going to be throwing fades in the, you know, what, you know, I mean, look, if you, if you, if you line up and you ain't got, you don't give the, the ball to your best damn player uh, on fourth down, something is wrong. Okay. Let's, let's establish the line of scrimmage. And when we get inside that red zone, let's give 27 the tater and, and let's pound, let's pound the rock. So, uh, like I said, I, I think, I'm right there with you. I think Peyton Thorne's going to have a phenomenal year. I think he is going to uh, light it up some games, but some games I think it might be toned back a little bit uh, mm-hmm. when when he plays those elite defenses like a, a Georgia. You know, I don't I don't think he's going to throw for 300, 350. You know, so those are the games that I kind of look at and I say, okay, well that's that right there. That's where he's not getting uh, to that 2800 yard mark. So. Yeah, I like him slightly under there with you. Do you think that the passing game, this is reasonable, but we also have kind of what we consider to be an easier non-conference the first three games. Do you think that the passing game just kind of starts slow and builds? Is that something you could see realistically happening? Or Because I ask that because I, I see us going into Cal and just the focus being pounding the rock. Yes, yes, and and that's that's what I said on Twitter the other day. Is I, that's why I think if Jarquez plays, I know everybody is hung up on that whole situation, but I'm I'm not looking at that right now. What I'm looking at is a 27 in the backfield at Cal Berkeley, and I think Auburn is going to establish the line of scrimmage. They're going to run the football. They're going to try to move people off the ball, especially an undersized Pac-12 unit. Uh, I think they're going to feast 27 and the others. All right. And uh, that is, that is why, yes, I agree with you on that point. I think the passing game will slowly uh, come in for Auburn's offense. Uh, what do you got? You got A&M week four. Yeah. So yeah, by week four. It needs to be oh, yeah. And it, it needs to be ready because we're going to college station and, uh, and Peyton Thorne will see a real deal environment. Uh, down there with the cult. I mean, I, <laughs> and I just, I just want people to remember that because it's like, these are so many new pieces, right? Mm-hmm. So many new pieces, Shane hooks, shorter, fair weather, a whole new offensive line. If the passing game doesn't look as crisp as it would, you would want it to in week one versus UMass, don't be freaking out. You know, this, yeah. it's, it's hard to complete passes, dude. It's hard. We've seen over the past two years, how difficult it is. Um, I do think, though, or at least I hope that in time, as the season goes on, that'll look crisper and more clean. And by the time that you come into that Iron Bowl, man, that you really have them guessing and you have that balanced attack. Our boy, Blake, our boy, the guy that me and you refuse to give up on last year, 14 overall touchdowns, seven passing, seven rushing. We don't believe he's going to be the starter week one this year, though. Over or under 7.5 total touchdowns for Robbie this year? I'm going to go under. 
And the reason I'm going to go under is because I think if Peyton Thorne comes in here and the the offense is clicking, uh, I think if Auburn does get down in the red zone, uh, I don't want to see I don't want to see Peyton come out necessarily. You know, like we saw that last year, we had to go through it. Now, I do think I do think Robbie will get his touches, but asking eight touchdowns for the over for Robbie, I just don't see it in the cards this year because of every everything you have in the backfield. Right. We've been on that this whole episode. I mean, you just have so many studs uh, in the backfield this year that short yardage, you can just hand it off and bang, you can move somebody. So. Uh, I'm going to go under uh, unless Robbie just comes out and, you know, obviously he takes the job and, you know, is much improved uh, in his short throws. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just think Peyton Thorne is going to be the guy. And I just think it, it's tough sledding for Robbie this year as far as reaching those types of numbers. Yeah, because how does it look? If you move the ball down to the 15 – and you've just gone on a nice six, seven play drive, and you're about to score. Do you take? I mean, you're going to take the guy out with just like we, like you said, we just went through that. So for as much as yeah. I want to see Robbie in that situation, as much for there's a whole extra thing now that the defense has to account for, and it makes it tough down there in the red zone. You're changing up your whole offense. You're throwing off a groove. Those guys are clicking with Peyton. I'm yeah, going to go. And. Right, and no, no, Dustin. Uh, like one, one thing I want to make clear is Robbie Ashford is not going to receiver either. So no, uh, everybody, not. everybody's saying, you know, oh, like split him out at receiver and all of that. That's that's not happening. So, uh, but like we said, I do think Robbie gets on the field because he's so athletic and he's hard to uh, just sit over on the sidelines. I mean, it's hard for me to think he just sits there this year, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But for him to get in the end zone eight times this year. I just don't see it happening. Now, you know what would be a scenario would be, let's say you get eight, nine games into the season, and then Peyton gets hurt. And then you come out that week and that what, let's say it's Mississippi State. And they've seen all this film of Peyton Thorne offense. And then you hit him on Saturday with a zone read, up-tempo, Robbie Ashford. It would probably look a lot like, obviously, what Hugh did with Malik Willis. We saw – we know firsthand what Malik Willis was and then what he became yeah. with Hugh Freeze. And listen, I don't want to hear about what well, Malik struggling in the NFL. Hugh got, Hugh's got to get him there, okay? Yeah. That's Hugh's job, get him there. Got him there, turn Malik Willis into a third-round draft pick, bro. Like that was yep. – that's that's his, that's a – you maxed out his talent. Hugh maxed out his talent. So if it does come down to a situation to where you're in the middle of the season and all of a sudden starter gets hurt – like the majority of SEC starters did last year, and you got to slide in Robbie. One, you got a guy that's got experience. He started versus Georgia last year on the road. He started versus Bama last year on the road. He's not going to be shook, okay? He's been through all that. He did all that hurt last year. He showed you what he was made of. That's one thing I do like about the situation, man. I feel like now when Robbie is the backup, I'm comfortable. Mm. It feels a lot better than what it felt like last year when mm. – when you have a situation where Holden Garner's in there versus Missouri and you're just, you're just praying for the young kid's health. Yeah. So um, that is just something to kind of keep an eye on, but I'm going to go with six touchdowns, man. I'm going to go with six. I'll just okay. agree with you just because yeah. Peyton was going to be the guy. I don't think that we're going to be 
world beaters on offense this year, but I do think that it's, it's hard for me to envision that gonna, the offense is going to be stale. With Hugh yeah. Freeze, with Philip Montgomery, I do think it's going to be a top 50, top 40 type at the minimum offense in the country. I think we'll be moving the ball. We'll be scoring points. It'll look competent. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see – yeah, I just don't see you taking out swapping quarterbacks when you're moving the ball. That's just yeah. not a Hugh Freeze thing. And good coaches don't tend to do that. The good ones don't tend to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this isn't – you know, it's not – you don't have Tebow coming off the sideline, right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, I, I just – I'm not a fan of it. Now, I think if you get down and, and you know, there's a there's – a, you know, you want to run a, a little trick play if, if the, you know, if there's something like that where you can get Robbie on an end around or something and then he can, you know, get to the sideline because we know how elusive he is and we know he can cut on a dime and everything. Uh, you know, I think that might be something there. Uh, but I just think you got too many horses on this offense this year to just keep interchanging things. Yeah, we, we saw it. It was a disaster. Continuity is key. Continuity is key. We learned that firsthand. And I'm also not big on the the whole trick play thing. Uh, it killed us last year against LSU. The Coy Moore stuff. I mean, Dude, so, that was so bad. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, that was so. That was so bad. You get all the way down there, and Bro. oh my god, dude! Bad, 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 bad. Bad. You take you can you can keep that right there in the Mountain West, mm. Blake. If we're gonna win any ball games, man, if we're gonna get to the mm. seven and five, eight and four mark, this this right here is gonna be what it's all about. Yep. Jarquez Hunter, the Cowboy. He sat behind Tank Bigsby for two years, and it got to, and this is no shade of Tank. I love Tank, but it got to the point last year where you kind of were like, man, is Jarquez Hunter better? And it's not that Tank's not good. But look, 6.4 yards of carry on 668 yards, seven TDs. He's just been waiting. He's just been sitting there waiting. We've been waiting to start him at running back one and just unleash him onto the SEC. I think everybody that's had to play him, everyone that's watched him play, knows what he's capable of. I'll kick this one off. Over or under 1,200 rushing yards for Jarquez Hunter. Uh, it's tough, isn't it? And it's tough for one reason, because you don't know how many games he's going to miss. Let's just say for the sake of this one, he he misses one game. that fair? Yeah, because that's what I, that's the only thing. I, I'll be straight up with you. I, I, I don't know how you suspend him more than one game. I mean, I don't even say a – I mean, okay, I was going to say a half. All right, but let's just say a game. All right, he gets suspended a game. Uh, I still think he pops against Cal. I still think he pops against Sanford for a half because I don't see him playing any more than a half against Sanford. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Texas a and is going to be difficult because we know what their defense is like. They're always stout on the defensive side of the football. Uh, but, you know, I, I still think there's games where he's going to eat, man. Ole Miss, he's going to eat. Mississippi Ooh. State, he's going to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, Vanderbilt, he's going to eat. So, I, I think there is potential, even if he does get suspended a game. Yeah, because if, if he's going on 12, I would give him plus 13. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've thought of is, let's say he gets suspended two games, two, three games. What mm-hmm. does that ultimately mean? That just means you get a fresher jar quest coming in a little bit later in the season. And I trust mm-hmm. the guys behind him to tote the pail. I, if, if you have to go into Cal, now it gets dicey. I agree with you. You feel yes. a lot better with Jarquez 
coming into Cal. But if you still if you establish yourself in the line of scrimmage, Demario Austin and Batty and Jamar, I believe in Jeremiah Cobb. I think those three guys would they could get you a win at Cal if you do the things you need to do with line of scrimmage. Um, I would feel yep. a lot better about that game with Chark plays though. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with 1100. I'm gonna go under. I think Chark plays gets 1100. I think that he does get suspended some. I do think that he misses a couple of games, and I think ultimately that affects his total. You think so? You think he gets suspended a couple games, and and he has to sit out what one or two? Or <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah. I mean, and, and we don't know a whole lot, so like yeah, this could change. Obviously, um, I'm just judging off of the little bit that we've heard, and we don't. You know, this is this is one of the things where the school's keeping this pretty close to the vest. Um, I think that with What's happened with, unfortunately, what is in the past, Hugh Freeze's past, and with some of what the reaction was in the, in the national media and the very small portion of our fan base that just happened to be very loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the school's going to cover cover every base with this. I don't think they're going to leave anything unturned. And I think that, I think that like, you're just not going to get a whole lot because they got to protect everybody involved in this, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's reputations. There's just a lot of stuff that goes into this where I think they're going to tread really lightly. I think they're going to make sure that they they don't do anything that can get anybody in any kind of trouble. And I, I don't think that it's going to be a lengthy suspension because, mm-hmm. one, knowing the way that Auburn football news works, we would have heard something. And mm-hmm. if it was if it was one of these things where Jarquez was going to be kicked off the team or some of the other guys that are involved in this were going to be kicked off the team, you would have, man, there would have been a bulletin board, but like you would have heard something. So yeah. I think they're going to play, but I do think it's going to be a, a small suspension, a game or two. Hope I'm wrong, but I say that also not knowing what was done. So, you know, maybe we'll find out. Kind of got a feeling we're not going to know too much about this one. It'll just kind of be mm-hmm. what it's going to be. They'll say this is what it is. Y'all need to move on. We're not really going to, because it's a sensitive subject. Um, yeah. and we just don't know. We just don't know what will happen. But just on the field, man, um, I still think he's going to have a big year. I think he misses a game or two, and then I think it's on and popping for him. Um, I like the depth in that room, and I think that it's going to be the focus. And I, I believe Hugh Freeze when he says, I've never had a running back as good as Jarquez Hunter, and I think that he's going to design up things and have things specifically for Jarquez, and I think he's going to be excited to do it in six through like, 6.4 yards of carry, man. Like, he just had to share the load with Tank. Behind an offensive line, that was super shaky. Like, he had 6.4 yards of carry with that offensive line, with a offense that every, no one was respecting the pass. You weren't worried about Auburn passing the football last year. And Jarquez was still able to eat, dude. He's just a freak athlete. We see the squat videos. We see the workout videos. Jarquez is about to pop, dude. He's about to pop. He's about to have a big year. And here's a let's do a bonus question in here, Blake. Let's say that he does what we think he's going to do this year. Does he go pro? Yes, yes. Uh, if he if he gets uh, 11, 12, 1300 yards, mm-hmm. uh, Jarquez Hunter is is going to the draft. I think all he's SEC. that good. Think he goes yes. all SEC this year? Mm, that's tough. Um, that's tough. I, I I do. Oh, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I, I do. I th- I think Jarquez is gonna be the leader of this football team, uh, and and I think he is going to pop. I think he is going for a thousand 
Now, if if he gets to twelve hundred, I'm I'm split on this because we don't know, right, right, Dustin? We we simply don't know if he plays all twelve. I I got him at, at, in the over. All right. Uh, if he doesn't, I have him slightly under. I still have him hitting a cat one uh, k. So uh, I do think he is going to. I think he's going to eat off this new offensive line. I do. Uh, and and that is part of the reason why I had Peyton Thorne slightly under yeah. 2,800 yards. Now, I know we talk about all the time, like uh, like Hugh's going to have to throw the football to get these recruits, you know, to get get a Perry Thompson, uh, get a Cam Coleman. You look in that 25 class at a, at a Ryan Williams that that Auburn fans just they're, – they're just salivating over, right? Uh, but, like you said, it's going to be fairly new this year. You know, it's it's going to be your your first couple games. You're going to have to get a little chemistry. It's it's not going to be out the gate popping, uh, and and that's why I think it's slowly going to you're going to start run run heavy. In my opinion, Auburn's going to pound the rock, and you also have a Pac-12 opponent in there who is going to be undersized, just a hair in the trenches. Uh, mm. So I, I think you're gonna you're gonna run early, and then as the season goes on, this offense is gonna open up. It's gonna blossom a little bit, and uh, and that's why I think Jarquez is going to eat if he plays all if he plays the whole year over twelve. Uh, if if he misses a game, maybe two. Uh, I I still think he can get to one k. Well, I tell you what else blossoms, Blake. Mm. Home field apparel. Mm. Talk to me. These guys right here, man, they got it going on. Mm-hmm. Go on to homefieldapparel.com, pick you out a T-shirt. I'm going to tell you what, they got one on there, 1957 National Championship mm. Auburn T-shirt. Where, where else are you going to get that at? Where else are you going to find the yeah. 1957? Where else are you going to find the 1999 SEC Basketball Championship T-shirt? Mm-hmm. You're only going to find it at Home Field Apparel, man. And when you do it, Go on there, type in the code UPTEMPO, all caps, UPTEMPO. Get 50% off your first purchase. Let them know that we sent you, man. It would help us out a great deal. And look, if you do that, season's coming up. You're going to look fly as hell. If you do that, it'll help us out. Maybe we can get a better deal with them. And then you can get a larger chunk off of your next purchase. Maybe we can get that 15 bumped up a little higher. Mm -hmm. So help us help you. And look fly, dude. That's the thing. Like, There's going to be 88,000 people in Jordan here when we kick off our UMass. You want to be the one that looks the best, brother. You want to be the yeah, one that looks looks the best. So check out our guys at Home Field Apparel, man. We appreciate them for sponsoring us and helping us out. It means a great deal to us. And um, on the on the Jarquez one, seventy percent to thirty percent, Blake, over a hundred votes on the Twitter poll. People mm-hmm. think Jarquez is going to eat. They think they, he's going over. They think he's going over. They think he's going to eat. Love it. Eat. Now, the Robbie Ashford one, and I, that's my bad for missing that one. This was actually the closest one that we got, and it was still popping when I looked a second ago. Let me go back and check on it here. But that one was um, that one was the closest one that we had on Robbie, and we got 52% to 48% under on Robbie Ashford at 7.5. And these polls won't be final until, um, until 10 o'clock tomorrow. I set them up for 10 o'clock tomorrow, and that's something we need to touch on as well. All of our episodes now – We'll be loading on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings. Mm-hmm. If you're on your way to work, 6, 7 in the morning, go ahead and pop that thing on Spotify, Apple, whatever it is you listen to. But if you want to catch us live, you want to catch the debut live, 10 a.m. after our guys at War Report do their morning drop, just stay on YouTube. We'll be on in a couple minutes. You can get in the live chat. I saw Blake last time. He was in there chatting with you guys. If I can step mm-hmm. away from work for a minute, get away from my boss, I'll get in there and chat with you too. We definitely will be able to tomorrow because 
I'm off to Wednesday, baby. Thank you, Love Uncle that. Sam. Thank you, Uncle Sam. So all of our over-unders, Blake, as we're wrapping this thing up tonight, have been offense. We're going to do two right here on the defensive side. And later on in the week, we're going to do an episode where we look at over-under totals for units. Mm-hmm. And that one we'll be able to focus more on defense because what are you really going to do with defense? We need to talk about this the other night. Statistically-wise for defense, it's going to be pretty even as far as individuals because Ron Roberts' scheme, we just think there's going to be a lot of guys. There's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of different guys getting sacks. Mm-hmm. And who's going to be that guy? I spoke about how much I believe in Keldrick Falk. But a big-time transfer that we brought in, Jalen McLeod from App State, last year he had six sacks, terrorized Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M, dude. The boy ate mm-hmm. 44. It's two fumbles on one play, and I think he ended up recovering. Or I know that I know that they did, at least, or his squad did. So over under, Blake, 6.5 sacks for Jalen McLeod. Man, this is a tough one, ain't this it? This is a tough one. Because somebody's going to uh, lose the team to sacks. Man, this is tough. I I think he has the potential to, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm high on I'm high on Justin Rogers, and I'm high on Justin Rogers, uh, forcing a double team on him. I, I think Justin Rogers. That, that's when uh, last episode when I said I I expect Justin Rogers to be one hell of a player. I expect him to eat in that middle. I think Justin Rogers is going to be an absolute force, and mm-hmm. he's going to create a double team. Uh, and and I think this could allow Jalen McLeod to pop. I think it could, it could allow him uh, to to get to the quarterback. And uh, in a Ron Roberts defense, what do, what do we want to see, Dustin? Uh, we want to see pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Six and a half. He got six last year. I watched him play against Texas A and M. He was uh, he was a force in that game. Some really really nice uh, plays in the backfield. Uh, I know one. Uh, he kind of he kind of missed early, and then he wrapped back around uh, and and ended up making the tackle. It was a really impressive play, uh, and I think that was on third down, and it kept Texas A and M from getting a first. So, uh, man, mm. look, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wear my orange and blue goggles here. I'm gonna say he gets he he. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eight sacks. Jalen McLeod, eight sacks. Yeah, yeah. Let's like go with that. it. Let's go with it. Just because <laughs> I, I'm big. I'm big on, I'm big on Justin Rogers uh, in the middle at the nose, and Jason and I Jones. think, yeah, and Jason Jones. I, I think those guys are going to create havoc, and that's going to allow these other guys to eat and and put some pressure on the quarterback. Okay, okay, I like that. I'm going to go under. I'm going to give mm-hmm. him five. Okay. And I'm going to give him five just because I think that he's going to have five. I think that Keldrick Falk by the end of the season is going to have five okay. or six. I think Cam Riley's going to have four or five. I think Tolan might have three or four. I just think it's going to be, I think, some safety, some corners. You know, DJ mm-hmm. James might have a couple of sacks. I just, from what we know, or we've heard at least, about Ron Roberts, he wants to cause havoc. He wants to create turnovers, which after what we witnessed last year, going games on end without creating turnovers, we're begging for that on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just – I think he has a good year. I think he puts pressure on the quarterback. I think he rates out highly. I think that he's a kid coming from App State and is motivated coming into the SEC to prove and put on film for the NFL scouts that he can get it done. And I think he has a good year. I just think that with the scheme, I think everybody's going to eat. Yeah. I think everybody's going to eat. So I don't know if his individual numbers will be – will be quite that good but i think that he has a uh, i think that he has a great year and i think that it's a great pickup for us 
Last one of the night, Blake. Last one here on the defensive side of the ball. DJ James has been setting up. We've heard about him all offseason. Everyone knows this. I would say he's the best player coming into the season on the team. Mm-hmm. Probably over Jarquez. Um, going to be a high draft pick. We we would have, yeah. you know, we're all assuming he's going to be a high draft pick. Only one interception last year. I just mentioned the lack of turnovers. Um, kind of looking at the scheme change here between Jeff Smetting and Ron Roberts. You would think there's potential here. Um, I put two. Me and you had actually talked about um, right before the episode. We wanted to put it at 2.5. So let's go with 2.5. Over or under 2.5 interceptions for DJ James. He had one last year with eight passes deflected. Mm, this is a tough one. This is also – the defense is super tough. Uh, let's go – I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wear my orange I'm gonna keep the orange and blue goggles on. Let's go over at three. Mm-hmm. And the and the only thing that, that worries me about going over with DJ is how I mean how many peop, how many teams are gonna throw the ball his way. And uh, Carlton I, Davis when he was at Auburn. They just didn't throw yeah, it over. Yeah, and and I think really and truly that's why you only had one pick last year mm-hmm. is because now we saw he had a couple opportunities, a couple close calls, uh, but that is my only concern is is he's that lockdown guy. And I feel like he is a Roger McCreary where uh, you really just don't throw his way, and when you do, bad things happen. Uh, but I'm going to keep the orange and blue goggles on here, and I think DJ James is set for a breakout year. Mm-hmm. I think he is one of the best corners in the country, PFF, with an awful grade not having yeah. them <laughs> in their top ten. Uh, in preseason was just absolutely pathetic. PFF, what are you doing? Are you uh, I, yeah, I question myself on a lot of your polls, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I, I think DJ is going to have a, a break. A, well, I can't say a breakout year, but I think he's going to eat. I think he is going to set himself up. Uh, I'll go ahead and make this prediction. I think he's going to set himself up as a first round draft pick in the NFL draft. I think he is that good uh, on the island, man. Uh, like I said, I think that's one of the greatest positions in football, one of the freakiest athlete, uh, athletic positions in football, and he checks every box for me. DJ James is that dude. Blake showing love to a two five one kid. Why am I not shocked? <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, coming, baby. hey, but DJ is that dude, man. I'm going over as well. Three's my number. I got yep. three interceptions as well. Um, yes, if he doesn't get there, it's going to be because he's locked down. But I just – I don't. I want to say that it was a five-game stretch last year where we didn't get a turnover on defense. Yeah, and even I'm not 100 on that, so don't you know? Don't quote me, but I want to say it was five. I know we went like three, and that yeah. in itself is crazy because me were talking about it at the time. We were just like, bro, how in the hell in college football are we not getting turnovers? It just yep. just because even if you're not creating them in college, you would think the other team would mess up some. And you mm-hmm. would just you would just find the ball, and we just we kept we kept turning it over on offense, and just the Sean dude the Sean Clifford Owen Papo is a perfect example. Yes, you rock, you rock, cuz rock, cuz, and the ball just sitting there floating. You could have changed the whole. You could have set the tone right there. What about Kaufman at Ole Miss? All right, we, we make oh, a tackle. Uh, I think it was Dart who fumbled. 
and Kaufman is like the ball is like at his feet, bro, and we just couldn't get on it. Uh, and and that was a game changer because Ole Miss ended up getting that football back, and they 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 scored on that same drive. So uh, I, I get it, man. It's frustrating. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, I probably text you in all caps a whole bunch of f words after that. <laughs> I was so yeah. over us not getting the ball on defense, dog. It just didn't yeah. make sense. And and you know it, it it the struggle the struggle Dustin was even against like San Jose State. You know we we couldn't get a turnover, and that's why that game was so close. I knew and, we sucked. I missed the game. I knew we sucked. Yes, I knew we <laughs> sucked against Mercer. I, I can go ahead and tell you that. I, I saw that and I said, "Hey, we're we're terrible," uh, but <laughs> whatever. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with three, and I just think we create more, bro. I just think we create more turnovers as a whole, and I think DJ is gonna be in position to do it. Whether it be quarterback off his back foot trying to throw out a sack, I just think we're we're gonna create more pressure on quarterbacks. We're gonna cause more yep. havoc, like I said with Jalen, and I just think the opportunities will be there. I think three is the perfect number, so I'm yep. gonna go over. And Blake, man, um, before we get out of here, dude, I uh, just want to say, bro, like big shout out to the Warport guys. We got a lot of things planned, man. As y'all know, we're, uh, we've signed with those guys at the Warport Network. So a lot of cool things coming in the future for this podcast. A lot of things outside of podcasting that we're working on that are going to be a lot of fun. Um, before I kick it to you, man, for the final word, I just want to tell everybody out there on Tuesday, man, just take a second to stop and think, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's easy to get caught up in the mix and say, this is going how I want it to go. When I know that 2020 was really frustrating and we all kind of got shook, but the United States of America is still the greatest country in the world, dude. It yes. really is. And it doesn't, it didn't get this way on accident. And it, there was a cost. There was a cost that had to be paid. A lot of people have lost their lives. So, we can go to these football games so we can get on these podcasts and talk and bullshit and do all the, and, and act silly and do all the things that we do. So we can go to tiger walk and hang out with our friends that we haven't seen. I, can, I can't wait to, to be with everybody again, the weekend of UMass um, study human history. If you think it's so bad in America right now, study human history. Just hmm. look at how people have lived forever since the start of mankind. And then look at the privileges and the freedoms that you have. Um, they took people like, <clears throat> just regular citizens back in the Revolutionary War, they would come to people's house, not fighting, and just, hey, are you loyal to the crown? Are you loyal to the, the revolutionary? Yeah. And mm -hmm. they would say, I'm I'm loyal to my countrymen. I'm loyal to the colonists. I'm, I'm loyal to the cause. And they would take those people and they would put them on boats out in the harbors, out in the base, outside of Brooklyn, Boston, and just keep them there, not feed them, whatever. Keep them there. Barely feed them enough to keep them alive. We'll keep them there for years. All you got to do is swear your allegiance to the to, to the British, and then you're home free. Mm -hmm. And nobody did. Over 11,000 people died on those boats. A lot of sacrifices man made for your freedom. Yes. So when you're shooting fireworks, bro, do not forget that. That's all I ask. More damn people. Mm. Love that, Dustin. Uh, great piece there from you. Uh, one thing I want to talk about uh, to wrap this one up for my final word is there was a softball player that come out today uh, on Twitter, on social media, and I'm not going to say her name because that's not my business. Uh, but uh, she had a tweet and said that she will not be using her last year of eligibility. She will not be transferring. She has given up the game of softball. And 
it sucks. Uh, it, you know, when you play a game uh, 18 out of 22 years of your life and you devote your life to that game and you, uh, you know, bleed, sweat, uh, cry, uh, whatever, give every ounce of energy you have in your body to that game uh, and you come out and say, hey, I can't think I can't think of myself playing another game of softball right now just due to the pure anxiety that I would get. And, you know, it's uh, it's tough, you know, because now we hear of all these girls that are transferring and we're starting to see the reason why they're transferring. Things are starting to come out, Dustin. And, you know, I think there's a problem. I'm going to come out and say it. I, th- I think there's a problem. I think there is a problem at the top in Auburn softball, and I think there needs to be a change made. I agree with you more, brother. And and uh, when when these when these females are coming out saying that that mm-hmm. they just they can't do it anymore, uh, there's obviously something going on there, and there needs to be uh, a change. And the athletic director who is now at Auburn University did not hire this man, but you can fire him. I saw that tweet. A while ago, I can't remember who tweeted it. I would love to shout you out, but there needs to be a come to Jesus meeting, and uh, and there needs to be a discussion because you're now losing your, the thick of your roster. You're losing your studs, and Auburn softball might be at the bottom of the conference next year mm-hmm. because we have a head coach that just. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's the dude. I don't think he's the guy. Maybe he doesn't treat people uh, with that with that kind of respect. And that's what I'm gonna say about it. And I think there needs to be a, a serious sit down talk and uh, and discussion at Auburn University. Yeah. Well, we just saw with Harson, right? Where man, at some point, yep. when everybody's abandoned his ship, you got to look at the captain. Yep. I mean, one guy, two guys, or in this case, ladies. It's it's one thing. But at this point, like, bro, and then you and then you don't have the W's to back it up. That's my thing. Six years and you've never been out of regional. So take all the other stuff away from it. Six years, you've never been out of regional. To me, that's all that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. Because what are we trying to do here? We're trying to get by. We're trying to get by how because because we just did that in baseball. We were trying to get by with Sonny Galloway. Yes. You can't try to get by. You were trying to get by with Tony Barber, Barbie in basketball. You mm. can't try to get by. We tried to get by with a long time with Gus Malzahn. Let's build a softball back program back up to where we've seen it be before. Let's do it ethically this time. <laughs> but it's possible. So yeah. I, I agree with you there, man. I definitely agree with you there. So listen, man, we appreciate everybody for joining us Monday morning, Wednesday morning, Friday morning, 10 a.m. on the YouTube channel. Spotify, Apple, all that as well. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Appreciate you guys, man. Like and subscribe. We're at 392 as of right now. So 108 from 500, man. You know, tell your friends. Share this out on social media. Let everybody know the Upsempo Podcast, man. We're here to change the game. We're here to do big things with our guys over the war poor. Appreciate everybody for listening. And until Wednesday, man, we love y'all. War damn evil.